days may be darkest, but your light is greater. You light our way, God, you light our way. When evil is rising, you're rising higher with power to save, with power to save. You keep hope alive. You keep hope alive from the beginning to end. Your word never fails. You keep hope alive because you are alive. Jesus, you are alive. It's not a stronghold. Your life was strong.
Amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. Come on, let's give the Lord a round of applause this morning. It's worthy to be praised. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. We're going to invite you, if you could stand with us. We welcome everyone that is here that make it through the snow to be in the house of God tonight. Amen. So glad to have everyone in the house of God this morning. Amen. Our online congregation, we welcome you this morning. Amen. You don't have much to travel to. Hopefully, you'd have to travel through snow this morning. But amen, we're in the house of God this morning. We're going to praise God, give him all the glory and all the honor. So we're going to ask you to pray with us this morning that the Lord will have his way in our service with our online congregation, that the Lord will have his way with everyone this morning, that we'll receive a blessing from the Lord this morning. Amen. Let's just pray together. Father God, we come in your presence one more time. We thank you, Lord God, for make it possible, Lord God, for those of us that are traveling, Lord God, to be in your house this morning, oh God. We thank you, Lord God, for your blessing, for your protection, for your covering, Lord God, for your goodness, for your mercies, and for your love, oh God. We thank you for this privilege that you have given unto us, Lord God, where we can come and call upon your name, where we can worship your name, because your name is worthy to be praised. Father God, as we pray this morning, oh God, we ask you, Lord God, that you may forgive us for every sins, all the sins that we have done in your sight knowingly and unknowingly, Lord God. We ask you, Lord God, that you will burn out every sins that we have committed in your sight, Lord God. We ask you to wash us in your blood. Sanctify us through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Father God, as we come in your presence this morning to lift up your name, we ask you will to be done this morning. Open all of us that are here in the house of God to praise you this morning. Touch us individually and collectively, Lord God. We pray for our online congregation this morning. Oh God, that you'll touch them likewise, Lord God, that whatever we do this morning in words or indeed will be done to the glory and to the honor of your name lord god we ask that your will will be done in this place this morning let your will be done oh god and our online congregation also this morning help us to receive from you lord god what you have in store for us this morning i pray and ask your will to be done i pray and ask you lord god that you'll move upon us like never before we pray for those that are traveling lord god we pray and ask you for covering for protection lord god for the Oh God, we ask you for wisdom. Oh God, we ask you to keep us and guide us. Help us, Lord God, not to be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it's the power of God unto salvation. Father God, as we worship you this morning, we worship you in spirit and in truth, Lord God, because you seek it such to worship you, Lord God. We adore you. We thank you for your words this morning, for thy word have I hid in my heart that I may not sin against thee, O God. We ask you, Lord God, that you'll move upon us like never before and if there's 
not any among us that is not well in their body. Oh God, we proclaim healing in their body this morning. Those that are at home, oh God, our online congregation. Oh God, those that are not feeling well this morning. We ask you, Lord God, to strengthen them. Heal them completely, Lord God. And help them to be whole, Lord God. We ask you, Lord God, for, oh God, a move like never before, oh God, as we give you glory. Father God, as we give you all honor, Lord God, we pray and ask you, Lord God, that you will anoint the man of God as he come this morning to preach your word, that your anointing will be upon him, oh God, and that we'll receive from you this morning, Lord God. We ask you to pour out your blessing upon us like never before, oh God, and that we'll continue to give you all the glory and all the honor, for great is the name, great is your name, and greatly to be praised, you alone, oh God, are worthy to be praised, oh God, there is none like you, there is none to compare, you are the one that is, and there is to come, our Savior, our Redeemer, our Keeper, our Rock, our Sword, our Shield, oh God, you are the wheel, in the middle of the wheel, you are all bright as morning star, you are the fairest of ten thousand, you are the one that is, and that is to come, we adore you this morning, oh God, we glorify your name, have your way among us this morning, let your will be done, your kingdom come, have your way as we worship you this morning, in the mighty name of Jesus we pray, oh God, in the name of Jesus, and come on church, let's just give the Lord a round of applause this morning, let's just worship him this morning, oh hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Hallelujah. Isn't he good? Can I get a witness? Isn't he good? Hallelujah. Amen. Woke you up this morning. Hallelujah. We bless your name, Jesus. Somebody clap your hands this morning. I was buried beneath my shame. Who could carry that kind of weight? It was my tomb till I met you. I was breathing but not alive. All my failures I've tried to hide. It was my tomb till I met you. You called my, you called my name. Then I ran out of that grave. Put your hands together this morning. Out of, out of the darkness into your glorious day. You called my name. You called my name. Then I ran out of that grave. Out of the darkness, dark, into, into your glory. The mercy has saved my soul. Now your freedom is all I know. Jesus, when I met you, now your mercy, now your mercy has saved my soul. Now your freedom is all I know. He all made new. He all made new. Jesus, when I 
name, you called my name. Then I ran out of that grave, out of the dark, out of the dark, into your, into your glorious day. You called my name, called my name. Then I ran out of that grave. Out of the darkness, dark into your, into your nobody put your hands together. I needed rescue, my sin was heavy. But chains break at the weight of your glory. I need a shelter. I was an orphan. But you called me a citizen of heaven. Hallelujah. Feel like a Pentecostal church here. Yes, Lord. 
sing, I am free. I am free. Praise the Lord, I'm free no longer. No longer bound. No more chains holding me. Bless your name. Hallelujah, Jesus. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Will you be my light when I cannot see? When I can't take another step, Lord, would you carry me? When I've lost my fight, will you be my strength? Will you set me a table in the presence of my enemies? I shall not want, I shall not want. Oh, my soul's got a shepherd in the valley, and I shall not want. I shall not want. I shall not want. Cause my cup's running over, running over, and I shall not want. And I will lift my eyes to where my help comes from. And I won't be afraid of the shadow cause I've seen the sun. No, I will not stop when the way gets hard. Cause the green only grows in the valley and that's where you are. Sing, I shall not, shall not want. I shall not, oh, my soul's got a shepherd. I shall not watch. I shall not shall not Cause my cup's running over. Cause my cup's running over, running over, and I shall not watch. Hallelujah, Jesus. I got everything that I need. Your goodness and your mercy. 
got everything that I need. Your goodness and your mercy. Sing that one time, say. I got everything that I need. Your goodness and your mercy. I got goodness. And I got mercy. Hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah. I got goodness. I got goodness and I got mercy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah. I got goodness. I got goodness and I got mercy. And I got mercy. Hallelujah. 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 Glory, hallelujah. The good shepherd. The good shepherd. Lead me to the world. I'm lacking 
For the Lord is my shepherd, and I shall not want. I got everything that I need. Your goodness and your mercy is following me. Got everything that I need. Your goodness and your mercy is following me. Your mercy is following, following me. Got everything that I need. Your goodness and your mercy. I got everything I need. Your goodness and your mercy is following me. I got goodness and I got mercy. Somebody should be thanking him this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah. See, I got goodness. I got goodness. Even when I don't deserve it. Amen. I want to go on this morning in the mighty name of Jesus. 
So glad to have everyone in the household, in the house of God this morning to praise God with us this morning. We're truly serving an awesome God. Amen. He's worthy to be praised. You know, I, I, I could go into a lot of different direction with that song this morning. You know, um, you know, the Bible led us to know that the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with the voice of an archangel. And with the trump of God, the dead in Christ shall rise first. Those which will remain and remain alive will call up to meet him in the in the air. Listen, this life one of these days is going to be behind us. We're not going to be here forever. One of these days, this mortal body is going to change into immortality. We're going to be transformed. We're going to be changed to be with our God this morning. We don't know when that day is going to be, but we want to be ready. That when the trumpet sound, we will be ready to make heaven our home. Amen. Our online congregation, we greet you all this morning. God bless you all. We hope you are receiving from the Lord this morning. We are here receiving this morning. So we do pray and hope that you all are receiving this morning. Amen. We got so much this morning to thank God for and be grateful for. Amen. It seems like we get our first snowstorm, which is not the first, you know, which kind of hit us hard. Some people get it more than others, but it was enough to put a little, you know, damper into things. It's not the same. You know, so um, so while, you know, I was home yesterday, the snow came down. I put a vehicle in the driveway um, just to make things uh, easy for the plow guys when it comes around the township, which I tell my wife all the time, if I had to grade my township, I'll give them a D or an F. And I'll, I'll go to the township and I'll tell them. Because they, they plow the streets and they back up the snow in front of your driveway with a machine. So they expect you to go outside there with a shovel to try to dig or undig yourself. I'm, I'm saying, they're going to logically going to say, well, there's no, nothing we can do. You know, my neighbor has his uh, blower. He came by, he came through around my uh, section because I'm at a corner lot. So he came by and he ducked from his side and he came around to make life easier for me. But my other neighbor, which in fact I have three neighbors. This is all God good. Listen, when we live good with people, you know, we hear the saying, what goes around comes around. I have three neighbors that whenever I knock on, the do- on their door, they just open the door and say, come on, right in. So my neighbors, three neighbors have, you know, big snow blower. So I said, there's no need for me, Pastor, to go out and invest in one because I have three neighbors. So, you know, they take turn who's going to clean my driveway. So, you know, they come and they clean the, the sidewalks. So I went out and I had to clean off all the vehicles and then I have to clean off the extra remnants of the snow, which was okay. But my neighbor, he had the snow across the street and I normally go and help him out, uh, elder family over there. And um, he came and he, um, I saw him out there. He was driving by actually because I was cleaning off the car. So he came by. And I stopped and said, um, man, I blew up my horn. I was there. I have my plow, and I was trying to clean up the driveway, and I blew my horn up. I'm saying, man, I feel it for you, bro. You know, um, but, you know, I'm just saying this to say that. You know, let's live good with everyone. Tomorrow is not promised to us. We don't know when we're going to be in need where somebody's going to have to come to our doors and say, um, you know, let me help you. You know, so do the best you can to live good with everyone while you can. Because while you do so, the Lord will in turn make sure you reap what you sow. 
Amen. So I greet everyone and I thank everyone for making the sacrifice to come out in this weather. You know, the main streets are great. I told my wife, 295, I gave the, the transport authority, I gave him an A this morning because the, the highways were good. The secondary streets, they weren't the same. And the thirdary street, if there is such, you know, third street or thirdary streets, whichever, if there's such, they, they, they weren't good. So, you know, we, 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 we commend and give, give respect to where respect, respect is due, Brother Darrell. You, you can relate to that because you're in one of those areas where, uh, you know, if they don't plow, it's hard for you to get out. So, you know, I commend everyone for making an extra sacrifice to be here. You know, we thank you and we pray God bless you. And for our online congregation, I know you don't have to dig yourself out to be in service this morning, but worship the Lord and receive from the Lord this morning. Lord bless you all this morning. Minister Emery is coming up this morning. Praise the Lord, everybody. He alone is worthy. I'd like to greet you again in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Greetings in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. Greet our online members and welcome you and welcome all of us that is, are here greeting is in, in the name of jesus christ the bible says salute every saint in christ jesus salute every saint in christ jesus let me give you another one it says greet all the brethren with a holy kiss but we're going to do a fist bump <laughs> greet all the brethren amen Amen. Let me just quickly um, uh, speak about yesterday's um, studies that we had. Christ-Centered Life Adult Series, taught by Pastor Kellerman. Um, I had to share this part with you. An old Viking proverb says, Never trust a man without a scar. A man without a scar has no um, has not felt the hardship or pains of life. Be proud of your scars and let them tell your story. Um, if you remember Jacob, he 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 wrestled with God all night, and he didn't he didn't let go. He bore a scar after that. It was a limp, but he he never let go until he got his blessing. So what I'm saying to you this morning, don't give up. Don't give up. Hold on. Quickly again, it goes on further to say, never trust a man without a limp. That limp may be what proved he held on to the promise of God, even though his flesh was telling him to give up. That limp tells his story. Um, Paul, he had a thorn. Jose had a broken heart. Jacob had a limp. As long as you hold on, the devil has to hold off. Amen? Amen. Just want to leave that with you this morning. It's offering time. Amen. I'm going to invite you to stand. And there are several ways of giving this morning. We can go online www.myccc.faith 
PayPal at Christ Center Church and Cash App, the dollar sign CCC2711. Those are some ways that we can give and be a part of the miracle this morning, church. Remember, remember our, uh, our REACH program. So be a part of the miracle. Give, give from your heart. Don't give and frown. <laughs> you won't be blessed. Amen? Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ. We have so much to thank you for this morning. You have done so much for us, and you continue to do so much for us, Lord. Lord, we just want to give back, just in obedience of your word, Lord Jesus. So this morning, we bring our tithes and our offering to you, and we say thank you this morning while we give, Lord. I pray that you bless those that have to give, and those that don't have to give, make a way for them so they will be able to give in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And we say amen. Come forward with your tithes and offering, please.
Amen. He alone is worthy. Amen. Thank you, Brother Scarlett. Praise and worship. Thank you so very much. You blessed us this morning. And we are just grateful for you and what God is using you to do. Amen. We welcome everyone in the house of the Lord, whether you are here in person or you are virtual this morning. We welcome you to Christ-centered church and to our worship service this Sunday morning. Amen. It's so good to see everyone. It's so good to be with everyone. Amen. And I'm looking at the soldiers that pushed through this morning. You dug out yourself. Amen. Hallelujah. Cleaned off the car. A little cold this morning, so you probably needed to start it up a little before, get it warmed up. Amen. You made it out. So guess what? God is going to bless your efforts this morning. I believe if you will worship the Lord this morning, if you will praise him, you will receive a miracle from the Lord today. So I want you to get your mind even right now on something that you've been wanting God to do and it just hasn't happened. And you've been asking God and praying about it and it just hasn't happened. I believe it will happen today if you will just worship him. If you will just praise him, if you will just put your mind on him, I believe you will receive something great and miraculous from the Lord. But you're going to have to put something in it this morning. Amen. You got to put something in it this morning. Hallelujah. Amen. Miss Joy, it's good to have you back. Miss Joy went to Nigeria. You know, as far as you go away for a while, I used to do it. I can't do it anymore, Miss Joy. But I remember when I used to go to Jamaica for three to four weeks at a clip. That was a long time ago. Miss Joy went to Nigeria for a nice little while. And so, amen. Hope you prepare my little place in, in, in the big house. Miss Joy told me she got a nice room for me when I come to visit in Nigeria. So keep on working it out for me. Amen. Noel, she brought her son this morning. I don't know if she brought him or I don't know how you got here, Noel. Noel remind me of my son Richard. <laughs> don't he? <laughs> he reminds me of my son Richard. So I see him. I said, I said Noel, you look kind of cool this morning. <laughs> I was probably talking about my son Richard too, Noel. Y'all got that same just laid back, cool look, you know. Amen. But we're glad glad to have you. Amen. And Josh, we're glad to see you again and glad to have you in the house of the Lord. Amen. It's a blessing to be with all of you this morning. Amen. We have a few things that I guess I need to make mention before we get started. Don't forget next Saturday is our prayer breakfast at 8 a.m. Join us for our prayer breakfast. Amen. Um, as far as what I heard, there won't be any breakfast, but bring your coffee. I'm bringing my coffee. Bring your coffee. Bring your tea. You probably can make tea if you want when you get here, whatever the case may be. But um, come out and pray with us. And afterwards, we'll have a little bit of fellowship, um, a little bit of teaching fellowships, teaching slash fellowship. Amen. Don't forget our 5, 5 a.m. prayer. Continue to pray. And continue to join us at 5 a.m. Um, that uh, REACH um, program has um, really done great things for us as a church. Yesterday, while we were snowed in, uh, took care, you know, just doing what I normally do on Saturdays. But our accountant um, yesterday um, that's preparing our financial statements. So, you know, we'll be in good position there when we uh, for the bank. And so we were just going back and forth on just, you know, getting everything together. 
and he was just telling me about all of his travel. He's an apostolic um, um, certified CPA, and he was just giving me some stories about, you know, things that he has experienced. And um, Brother Scarlett, the, the guy that um, that is the chairman and CEO or the owner of Enjoy, <laughs> he's a UPCI guy. <laughs> That's what I found out yesterday. So him and his brother are, are, are apostolics um, from, you know, their childhood. But, you know, he might have, you know, done some other things. But his, his background is UPCI. Uh, our accountant said he met him um, um, on, a, on a flight, and they were just talking about it. So um, Reach has helped us. Um, I'm glad that we did it. Um, I should say Enjoy has helped us. I'm glad that we did it. Um, because, you know, they give you, I like structure. I like order. I like to kind of know what I'm doing and not just fly by the seat of my pants. And I thank God for enjoy and what they're helping us to do and how far they've gotten us. And so we thank God for that. Trust me, they have gotten us further than if we were to try to do this on our own. So we thank God for them. Um, our CCC kids, five through 11 scavenger hunt and ice skating Saturday, that would be February 26th, Iceland Skating Center in Hamilton. Further details will be posted in the CCC parents chat. Um, you might as well go to Iceland and get used to your community. <laughs> Amen. Because that whole community, if the Lord tarry, Iceland and everything that's around there is just going to be ours. So you might as well just go get used to your little area. Amen. They put up the new Starbucks on 30 on, on Quake Bridge Road. I said, look at them just fixing everything up for us. They're upgrading the Wawa around there. They're just fixing everything. Good Indian food around there. Good Spanish food. Just fix it all up for us. All I need for them to build is just a nice apartment complex now. And then we'll all be good. Amen. To reach the loss. But um, 5 through 11 on February 26th. See Brother Hasker and Sister Hasker. They will give you more information on that. And then um, our district, North Central Jersey District Prayer Conference is February the 11th. That's a Friday evening at 7.30. And then February the 12th at 10 a.m. That's a Saturday morning. And it's a prayer conference. We're going to pray. And the theme of that prayer conference is Fresh Fire. Sister White, Sister Belinda White is our prayer conference coordinator for the district. And she's doing a great job. And so we look forward to that prayer conference. And we are we should we should be ready to go to the prayer conference because, you know, that's just we're just in that mode praying. And so we thank God for that. Amen. Praise and worship. You did great this morning. We're all in sync for what you sang and what the Lord wants to say to us. I believe that we're all in order. And so God will help us this morning. If you will stand with me and turn your Bibles or look on the screen or get your smart device out and go to John chapter 5. We will begin in verse number 1. John chapter 5, verse number 1. Amen. Hallelujah. Back in the day, we heard the Bible pages turning. And so we would say, when you're there, say amen. And people would say, not yet, preacher, because they still turn in the Bible page. But these days, you don't hear Bible page. Everybody just look on the screen. Some may just look on their device. Others just write the scripture down and wait for you to read it. And so we got all kind of things going these days. Hallelujah. Well, we'll read John chapter 5, starting in verse 1. The word of God says, 
After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Always notice the scriptures say Jerusalem is up. Yep, it's just like that. Wherever you're traveling from, going to Jerusalem in Israel, you're always going up. So that's interesting that the Bible talks about going up to Jerusalem a lot. Verse number two says, now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first, after the troubling of the water, stepped in was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. And a certain man was there which had an infirmity 38 years. Somebody say 38 years. When Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, he said unto him, Will thou be made whole? The impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man. If I was Jesus, I would have have stopped him right there. The other day I told you, I don't know if I told you, but maybe I told you. I asked my son a question. I said, who ate all the nuggets? He said, there was only a few there. I said to him, you didn't answer my question. I said, who ate all the nuggets? Tell me I did, Dad, but there were just a few, so that's why I did. But answer my question first. I couldn't be Jesus, obviously. The impotent man answered him, sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool, but while I am coming, another step down before me. Jesus said unto him, Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. And immediately the man was made whole, and took up his bed, and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. I want to talk to you today on a simple, simple Topic. I have no man. I have no man. Father, we love you. You are truly so, so good to us, and we sense your presence in the midst of us. We thank you for your presence that is inside of us. God, we humble ourselves this morning before you. We worship and adore you, and we look to you, Lord God, for your presence to overwhelm and to overshadow us, that, Lord, we will have a divine encounter with you today, that, Lord, when we walk away from this service, when this service ends, Lord God, there will be residue, Lord God. There will be remnants that had proven that we had been in your presence, Lord. I pray this morning, Father, that you'll anoint me and place me in the flow of your spirit, Lord, and that you would touch the hearing of your people, Lord God, and allow us to hear what the spirit is saying unto us, Lord. I pray this morning that you have your way by the power of your spirit and by the authority of your word. Have your way in this place this morning. We thank you, Lord, and we praise you in advance for all of your goodness and your mercy and your kindness. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. We bless your 
name. The Lord is good, your mercy everlasting, and your truth endured unto all generation. Father, bless us today. Our online congregation and those that are here, bless us today, Lord. We thank and praise you, and we ask you these things in Jesus' name. Somebody say amen. Clap your hands onto the Lord one more time. You may be seated. Amen. I have no man. I have no man. When you visit St. Anne's Church in Jerusalem, they will show you the deep excavation that has revealed the ancient pool of Bethesda. When I went to Israel and I went to Jerusalem, that was part of our tour. We visited that site where Bethesda was. The Hebrew name Bethesda has been spelled various ways and given different meanings. Some say it means house of mercy or house of grace. Remember that. But others say it means place of the two outpourings. There is historical and archaeological evidence that two adjacent pools of water served this area in ancient times. John described these people at the pool as impotent, blind, lame, paralyzed, meaning they all needed assistance to the area of the pool and getting into the pool when the water were stirred. The Bible says, For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first, after the troubling of the water, stepped in, was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. Those impotent, blind, lame, and paralyzed folks needed a man to help them get into the pool and get to the pool and then get into the pool to experience their healing. I believe God permit some good things to come our way, not because we went about it the right way, but because of his grace and his mercy. What, what I'm trying to say is to me, uh, it seemed kind of odd for a whole bunch of paralyzed, lame, halt, crippled people to just be around a pool at the poolside, gathered around a pool and waiting for the troubling of the water. And only one can get healed every time the water was troubled. And the first one to step into the pool or to slide into the pool, the first one to do it was the one that got healed. And, and I believe that it's probably something they started having faith in. And God says, well, if you believe because still in, in all, it's, they're looking to God because it says an angel of the Lord was the one that troubled the water. So in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a weird way, they had faith in God, but they went about it a little kind of weird to me. 
And so they all every day was just gathered around this pool waiting for the water in the pool to be troubled by an angel of the Lord for them to go in and get healed. And only one person can get healed every time he gets troubled. And so I wondered just time after time going hoping for you to be healed with that situation. I wondered was that the will of God or did they just started that and God says alright I'll just let my mercy and my grace prevail in that way because that's what you were hoping for. I believe God does that sometimes for us and sometimes that's why prayer is important because I believe sometimes God permits some things that's not it, it, it didn't, it, we didn't experience it in the way the process was supposed to be, but God permitted anyhow because of his grace and his mercy. But through prayer and through fasting and through calling on the name of the Lord, I believe God will help us to understand, I've been gracious to you right here. I've been merciful to you right here, but that's not really my plan for you. And I'm going to show you what my real plan is because I love you and I believe God God has done that for many of us. Don't settle for just because God has been gracious to you, because God has been good to you. Just don't settle with that because that's not where God is stopping. That's not God's entire plan for you. Because he's been gracious, because he's been merciful, it doesn't mean he will always do it that way. He's just showing you grace. He's just showing you mercy. But at some point in time, you got to pray and seek the face of God for him to show your daughter Son, that's not the way I will continue to do this. I'm going to do it in my way that I had planned to do it. I just showed you grace. I just showed you mercy because you had faith in me. But that's not always the way I'm going to do it. That's very important for you to understand because sometimes we just think because of God's grace, because of God's goodness, he's going to always do things the way he's doing it. I always got to give you the natural in case I lose you or lost you in what I just said. Here is another way to look at it. When we go to court and we are guilty of whatever action we're guilty of, there are times when we will go to the judge and say, Judge, will you have mercy? <laughs> judge, will you? I, I know I've been wrong. I know I've done wrong. Uh, but will you have mercy? And the judge might say that day, you know what? I'm going to have mercy. And I'm not going to allow you to do the time that you deserve to do. I'm going to be easy on you. I'm going to give you less of a time for no other reason other than I'm showing you mercy today. But that's not the right process. That's not the process. That's just what he chose to do that day. The right process is whatever you reap, you, you sow. That, that's, that's the law of God. What, whatever you put in is what you get out. And so sometimes God can be merciful, but it don't mean he will always do it like that. That's just his mercy at that point in time. It was the grace and mercy that brought Jesus to the pool of Bethesda. For, 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 for Jesus to come to that pool he had to have some mercy here. It was his grace that drew him towards that area. And for who normally would go and mingle with, with people who can do nothing for them. We, we, we're just like that, that where people are, that, that they're helpless and they're, they're maimed, they're paralyzed and they're, they're halt, they're, they're blind. Why would we even go around them? Because what can they do for us? Because that's just kind of how we think. 
Because if we go around them, it simply means we're going to help them. We're not going to gain anything. And how we are is we only get involved when we're going to gain something out of whatever we're doing. We don't do anything just because and not have anything to gain from it. We always do it when there's a gain for us. Jesus did not heal all of them that was by the pool. He singled out one man and healed him. John noted that the man had an infirmity for 38 years. Perhaps John saw in this picture of his own people, the Jews, the nation of Israel that had wandered in the wilderness for 38 years. Spiritually speaking, Israel was a nation of impotent people waiting for someone to help them for, for, or, or maybe for something to happen for them. Many of us here today can identify with waiting. Waiting for Jesus to touch our infirmities. Waiting for Jesus to use us greatly. Waiting for our loved ones, our friends, and acquaintances to be saved. Waiting for our relationship to get better. Waiting for a great financial blessing. Waiting for this pandemic to go away. We are people that are familiar with waiting. And we are people that are in a place where we have to learn how to wait. But while you are waiting for the Lord Jesus uh, to move in your situation uh, or to perform his will, uh, we need to make ourselves available to him. Uh, we need to be consistently pursuing him. Uh, we need to be uh, consistently seeking him. Uh, we need to be patient uh, and we don't need to give up hope while we're waiting. Look at your name and tell him everybody's waiting. Because sometimes the devil wants you to think you're the only one that's been waiting for a long time for your blessing. You're the only one that's been waiting a long time for your miracle. You're the only one that's been waiting a long time for your situation to turn around. You're the only one that's been waiting for a long time for the prayers that you've been praying for you to see it come to pass. The devil wants you to think you're the only one that's waiting. But I'm here to tell you this morning, all of us are waiting. If we're not waiting for something, we're waiting for God, but we're waiting because that's just the way it is. Mm -hmm. For 38 years, this man was impotent, was waiting to be healed of his infirmities. He was waiting and waiting and waiting. In his waiting, he kept showing up every day at the pool, hoping to make it into the water, hoping to get healed. He kept Coming every day. He kept showing up every day. Some of us can't show up four Thursdays in a row or four Saturdays in a row or four Sundays in a row for Bible study and prayer meeting and for worship service. We can't show up a whole month for every service. We can't do it. But this man had an infirmity for 38 years. And whether you want to believe it or not, this man was showing up every single day saying, God, I've got an issue. God, I need a healing. God, will you touch me? God, I need something from you. And he kept showing up, kept showing up, kept showing up. Church, I'm here to tell you, 
God, help us today. I'm here to tell you uh, we have to say to ourselves because it's evident. Uh, we have to ask ourselves uh, whatever it is that we're waiting on. How badly do we want it? Uh, how badly do we want what we're waiting on? Uh, because if you're wanting real bad, uh, nothing can stop you from showing up. Uh, if you want it real bad, uh, nothing can stop you from saying, God, uh, I'm here. Uh, from being all the time in God's face saying, God, I'm here. That's a tough one for us because we know how we live here in North America. We know how things are for us. And so that's challenging when I say to you, be consistent, be persistent, show up all the time, be where you need to be. That's tough for us, but I'm here to tell you, I read the Bible and most people that had issues and needed a solution and needed Jesus to do something, they kept seeking him. They kept trying everything they could in order to get that situation turned around. Read your Bible. It's unfair to think. I'm just trying to be honest with you. It's unfair for us, church, hear me clearly. It's unfair to us uh, to say, well, that was then. This is now. It's very unfair to think that they needed was to wait a little bit more. They needed was to work a little bit harder. But for us, because it's a different time, we should just chill. If God wants to give us grace, if God wants to show his mercy and do it quicker, that's up to God. But we should never take the position to think that it should be easier for us than it is for them. No, we got to take the position that God is no respecter of persons. And if he said they had to wait, then we got to wait. It's up to him. If he wants to do it faster for us or quicker for us, but I won't take that for granted. I'm just going to take him at his word and say, God, if that man waited 38 years for his healing, then if you want to wait 38 years to give us what we need, it's up to you. It's up to you. We don't realize it. We don't realize it, but we've done that to God. And I pray this morning I can help you to understand that we cannot do that to our God. He's been too good to us for us to keep sitting back and reading our Bible and overlooking, thinking, well, that's just them. Well, that was just back in those days. Well, it was then. God is not wanting us to have that kind of attitude. God is saying, listen to me, I am going to treat you like I treat them because I love you all the same. Now, whenever God sees fit to do something differently or quicker or whatever he does, in this hour, that's up to him. But our attitude, our position about it cannot be, well, I don't have to do as much as they did. I don't have to work as much as they work. I don't have to show up all the time like they show up. God is everywhere. This man was consistent. He was persistent. He didn't give up hope. He didn't just sit at home wherever that was, because we don't even know if he had a real home. He didn't just sit at home wherever that was. No, he was doing something while he was waiting. He kept showing up. He kept trying to scooch. We got to start getting a picture of this stuff. The man couldn't really walk. So he was around this pool, and every time, if, if, if this is the pool right here, and, and he's over here, every time the water gets trouble, whatever season it was, he's scooting. And he's trying to get to the pool to kind of slide off into the water first. 
But maybe the guy that's blind, he knows the system or how the place is set up better. And he's and just jumping first. And he got healed. Maybe somebody else had a limp, but not had the scooch. And so they could move faster and jump in the water. Heal. This man's still trying to scooch. You get the picture? He had to scooch in. He had to get in. He had to do some things. And he was trying his best. And it just couldn't happen. Every time he tried to get in the water, somebody else got in before him. That was us. We would have accepted our condition. Ain't no way. It don't make sense to bother going to show up at the poolside. Because my condition is so bad. It's worse than everybody else. And so, because I got to scooch some of them, they got people to help them get in the pool. I don't have no man. And I can't get in quick. So what's the sense of even showing up? I might as well just chill at home. But church, God has sent me here to tell you, don't give up on your dreams because you have been waiting for a long time. Don't stop coming to the house of God because you haven't seen your miracle yet. Don't be seduced by doubt because you've been waiting. Don't let discouragement overtake you because you have been waiting. Don't give up hope on the things of God because they haven't happened yet. I'm here to tell you Jesus is still on the throne and he knows just where you are. Don't give up on the Lord. Your dreams will come to pass. Oh, God will do what he said he's going to do. Tell discouragement to leave you alone and tell doubt it has no power over you just keep on waiting and trusting in the Lord your lack of resource do not have the final word in your situation because sometimes that's what cripples us we start to think about how will this ever work out how will this ever work out how can this ever come to pass and we're trying to figure out this will never happen because this and because that because you're thinking about the resources of human this will never happen how in the world is this possible How in the world is this going to happen? And so with that mindset, we start to worry. And we don't want to wait anymore. We give up hope. I know you have been waiting for a while to see your situation turn around. Or for God to provide your need. But don't get impatient now. We're in the 11th hour. God sees you just where you are. And so keep on waiting and trusting in the Lord. Because God sees you. In the book of Isaiah chapter 40, we know it well. In verse 28, he said in verse 28, Has thou not known, has thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, he fainted not, neither is weary. There is no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint and to them that have no might. He increaseth strength. Even the youth shall faint and to be weary and the young men shall utterly fall, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. I'm here to tell you as you wait upon the Lord, your time will come. God will do a work in you. Keep on waiting. Don't be 
discouraged. God will show up in your situation just at the right time. It might not be the time when you would like for God to show up in your situation to turn it around. But when God show up in your situation, it will be just at the right time. He will renew your strength, replenish all the strength you exhausted while you were waiting. He will elevate you to do great things. While you got weary, he will do great things and replace all the weariness and all the faintness. He will strengthen you and take you to a new level. He will let you mount up with wings. Apparently, all the impotent, lame, blind, and paralyzed folk who made it into the pool when the water was trouble probably had assistance. All the people that was able to step in right as soon as the water was troubled, they may have had assistance. Mm-hmm. 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 You see, you got to think about it like this. Before you even have a chance to step into the pool, you had to get to the poolside. You got to think about it now. <laughs> Well, what we like to say, you got to be in it to win it. <laughs> and sometimes we, we are far away off and we want to see something happen for us. No, no, no. You got to get close up first. For you to have a chance, you got to get close up first. You, you can't be far away and says, oh, I know I'm good. I'll get there. Or I know this. One. No, no, no. You got to get close up first. Mm-hmm. And so those folk that was able to step in first may have had some assistance. To get into the pool so they were able to be healed. This man that Jesus healed had no man to help him into the pool. So Jesus focused on him. Just think about it. Why did Jesus focus on him? And there was a bunch of people at the poolside. Man, can you imagine? We go to pool to lay out and get sun. We go to pool and lay out, just chill out, you know, thinking about, you know, let me go for a swim after the swim, get back up and, you know, you just lay out and just chill. These people were by the poolside waiting for the water to get troubled so they can slip in and be the first to slip in and get healed. His chance of getting into the pool to be healed seemed slim to none because he had no man, but that didn't stop him from showing up. That didn't stop him from showing up. Showing up may seem cumbersome and meaningless, but keep showing up. You hear me, church? It might seem, I know sometimes we've been, for many of us, we've been going to church for a long time. Or should, should I say, we've been attending church services for a long time. And we're showing up and we might say to ourselves, I don't see anything happening in my life. I don't see anything changing in my life. I've been praying about this. I've been seeking God for this. And nothing has changed. And nothing has happened. And my answer to you is keep showing up. Have you been doing it for 38 years? Have you been showing up for 38 years? And nothing has happened yet. Have you been coming for 38 years? And nothing has happened yet. Then keep showing up. And keep showing up. 
God can do it in two years. God can do it in minutes. He can do it in months. He can do it in years. He can do it 39 years. The point is, keep showing up. For whatever reason that God take, whatever time he take to do whatever he does in our lives individually, that's up to him. I don't understand that. I don't know anything about that. But what I do know is he is faithful. And if we will keep showing up, God will do something eventually. But we got to keep showing up. Showing up may seem cumbersome. Showing up may seem meaningless. But just keep showing up. Keep showing up. <laughs> you want me to show you how showing up work? We had a guest last Sunday. Her name is Chamora Chioma. That's right. Thank you. Chioma. I got it. I just had to remember it. Chioma. Miss Joy Chioma is from Ni- Nigeria. And Chioma showed up last Sunday. Uh, Chioma didn't just get here real easy. It, it was a challenge for her. Matter of fact, I told you last week, she called a couple of times to try to make sure she was in the right place. But here is the story. Keep showing up. She kept on showing up on our virtual services. <laughs> she kept showing up for the virtual service. And eventually she said, I got to go there and see what's going on. So a lot of times showing up just seemed cumbersome. Showing up just seemed like, well, what's really happening? I don't feel anything happening to me. I I want something tangible to happen. I, I keep showing up, but I haven't experienced anything great yet. And my answer to you is keep showing up. Because you may not always see what's happening inside of you. God, God does work within our soul that we cannot see and we cannot understand. God does things in our life that we don't even understand and cannot fathom. And sometimes God is doing things in us that we're not just understanding. We're we're not perceiving. But sooner or later, we will come to understand, my God, God has done this in me. And through me. Keep showing up. Keep showing up. You can be in a crowd of people and still feel like you're by yourself. You can have a family and still feel like you're by yourself. You can be married and still feel like you are by yourself. Though you may have many social media friends and may even be a part of a great church and may even fellowship from time to time, you can still feel like you're by yourself. Why? Because like this impotent man, you have no man. Yeah, there's people around you. But you can still have people around you and have no man. Here is something interesting that I, I'm praying and asking God about. That I feel like God take me to understanding. How did this impotent man get to the poolside every day? 
how did he get there? I'm sure he didn't scooch from his house all the way down there every day. He wouldn't have no more something, nothing. You can't scooch that far every day. Mm-hmm. Someone had to help him get to that poolside every day. Yet he made the statement, I have no man. You get to the poolside every day, bro, but you have no man. Here is what I believe. I believe someone who had to go to that area every day, help him get to the poolside. I believe someone had to be in that area every day. May even be someone that had sheep that they were taken down that way. And I believe someone who had to be in that area every day took him there every day. Got him to the poolside. But here's the trick. When they got him to the poolside, Izzy, you good? Yeah, I'm good. All right, catch you later. And they went and gone to do what they had to do because they had something to do in that area. That's why they're able to bring him to the poolside every day because they got business, whether it's their business or their job or family stuff, whatever it is, something had to be done in that area by that person every day. So they brought this man, dropped him off. You good? Good. And the man was so grateful that you brought me here. I'm thankful for that. So when they asked him if he was good, I'm good. What, why would I ask you for anything more? You've gone above and beyond to get me to this poolside every day. And I believe somebody did that for him every day. It's one thing to help somebody when it's convenient for you. This is the Holy Ghost here. It's one thing to say you're helping when it's really convenient for you. Huh. I, I, I got to go past the sheep market anyway. So is I'll drop you off because I got to go that way anyway. It's one thing to say you're helping somebody when you're going that way. And I might even argue with you to say, are you really doing them a favor? Because you're going that way anyway. You're not using no extra energy or no extra gas, if you will, or nothing extra. Because you're going that way anyway. And it's easy for us as people to say we're doing someone a favor or we're helping someone when it's convenient for us. But my question to us today is, when do you do somebody a favor? When do you help somebody out when it's not convenient for you? When you're going out of your way? When it's not something you want to do? What do you do then? Are we as in tune with doing the will of God that when somebody needs a favor and need help from us, we give it to them whether it's convenient for us or not? I believe the person that was dropping him off every day, it was convenient for them to drop this man off at the pool and say, I'll see you later when I'm getting ready to go back home. I'll come back around and get you and get you back. But they never stayed with him at the pool because they had something else going on and they couldn't stay at the pool. I wonder what would have happened if one day 
or a couple of days out of the week, that person says, I'm going to stay here with you because, you know, I know what's going on here. And, you know, I figured out that you haven't been healed because of whatever the case may be. And so I'm going to stay here with you and get you close enough that as soon as that angel come down and trouble the water, I'll get you in. The problem was nobody knows, knew exactly when the water was going to be troubled, when the angel was going to come down. They said a certain season. So it's not clear when the water was going to be troubled. So you know what that person's probably saying? I can't be waiting and I don't know. Because we'll always go but so far and say, I can't go no further than that. I can't go any further than that. And that's why this man was able to say, I have no man. I have no man to help me get in the pool when I need to get in the pool. I appreciate the man that brings me every day close to the pool, but I have no man to get me in the pool when I really need to get in so I can get my healing. I have no man. That's why he made the statement to Jesus. He said, I had no man because what he really needed somebody to help him do to get healed, he had nobody to do that for him. People will help you when it's convenient for them. But very seldom will someone help you when it's inconvenient for them. I have no man. And that's what he was talking about. And that's what he was talking about. And that's what I'm talking about when I said we could be in the crowd of people and still feel like we're by ourselves. We can be in a marriage and still feel like we're by ourselves. We can still be a part of a family and still feel like we're by ourselves. We can still feel like we're by ourselves even if we're part of a church and we fellowship. Because let me tell you this, church, what really matters to people is when they really need something, when the thing that they desire the most and they're trying to obtain, when you can help them in that, that's where they need help. And sometimes what we consider help, how we're giving people help, it's not really help. We're just going through the motion of just being. Because if, 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 if I'm just here, then why not? If I'm going that way, then why not? So we're just going through the motions of being. But God want me to ask you this morning, do you go beyond your own availability? And, and do you do you can inconvenience yourself to say that person needs my help and I'm going to go and help them in whatever way that I can? I'm not going to put any limitation on how I help them. I am just going to do what I have to do to help them. Do we think like that? Or do we say, I can only do but this? Because if, if we limit ourselves in how we can help someone, that person is going to feel just like that impotent man. I have no man. And while they're in a nice church with some loving people, they're going to feel like, I have no man. And while they're in a nice family where everybody seems to love them, they're going to say, I have no man. And while they're in a crowd where everybody's all around them and saying this and saying that, they're going to say, I have no man. Because what they really need and what they desire and what has to happen for them to go to the next level or for them to achieve what they need to achieve, they really need somebody at that point. And Jesus will look and see. Let me tell you something. Listen to me. 
We are the church, the body of Christ, and we are supposed to help each other. We are supposed to minister one to another. We are supposed to pray for one another. And certainly when any one of us are sick and need assistance, we are supposed to be there to help. And not only when it's convenient for us. But understand this. Man performs the natural. We can only do but so much. We can only take each other but so far. We can only supply but so much. But we, but let us, oh God, let all of us understand that while we can help each other, while we can do something to help one another, we can only do but so much because man performs the natural. But most of the times what we need for our situation to turn around is a supernatural power from only almighty God. That's what needs to be done in our life. The power of God needs to enter into our life to turn our situation around and that's what we need. And so as much as people can help us, as much as they can get us to the point of where we almost can have what we need, only God's going to take us to where we need to be. We need the supernatural power of God. And so I'm here to tell you why you might feel like, guess what? Nobody is helping you. Nobody's there for you. Uh, nobody's helping you at your greatest point of need. Uh, why you may feel like that, I'm here to tell you, uh, Jesus sees you. Jesus sees you. While you're at the most challenging point of your life, while you're at the most exhausting point of your life, while you're at the place of your life where you just feel like giving up, while you're at the place where you feel like this could never happen, how is this ever going to happen? I'm here to tell you, Jesus sees you. Jesus sees you. Jesus sees you. Somebody needs to understand that. Jesus sees you. Jesus sees you. His eyes are upon you. Jesus sees you. You're at the point of, you're about to break. You're about to give up. You're about to do something crazy. You're about to go mad in your mind. But I'm here to tell you, Jesus sees you. I don't know if that impotent man was at a place of giving up. I don't know if that impotent man was at a place of just throwing in the towel. I don't know if that impotent man was at a place where he said 38 years is a whole lot. How much more can I go? How much more can I aspire to be healed? That's enough. We will never read that about him because he never gave up. He never gave in. But who knows where he was at the point when Jesus saw him. And if I know my God like I know my God, I believe that man probably was at his breaking point. I believe that man was at the point of just forgetting about it. I believe that man must have been at the point to say, this will never happen for me because I know my Jesus. And what Jesus normally do, he let us see that what man can do, that's great. But what man can't do, that's when God steps in. And God wants you to see that that man can't do what you need to be done in your life. And so God lets you exhaust every possibility. God lets you exhaust every situation. God lets you exhaust everything that you can exhaust. And when you come to the point, when you come to the point of realizing nobody can help me with this. I have no man. Nobody can do this for me. Nobody can get me over the hump. 
Nobody can get me to the place where I'm trying to get to. Nobody can do what I desire so deeply to be done. And so Jesus, wait till we get to that place. Because there's something about the helpless to the Lord. There's something about the needy to the Lord. There's something about someone who in their efforts, because sometimes you don't even know what words to say anymore about your situation. You don't even know what words to pray anymore about your situation. You don't even know how to approach God anymore about your situation. And so sometimes here, here is something for you, somebody. You might not know how to pray about it anymore. You might not know how to bring it before God anymore. You might feel like a broken record every time. But wait, let me tell you something to encourage you today. God sees your action. God sees your action and when you just don't know the right words to speak, when you don't know the right things to say, when you don't know how to pray anymore, if you keep on showing up, if you keep on going before the Lord, if you keep on saying, here I am Lord, I don't know what to say, I don't know what to say, I don't even know what else to do, but God, here I am again, I might show up on 5 a.m. prayer and don't know what to pray, but I'm getting up out of my bed and I'm plugging And I'm saying, God, here I am. I don't know what else to pray. I don't know what else to say. But God, here I am. Here I am, God. And so there is something about the unspoken word, but your efforts, there's something about your effort that when you put that effort in, God sees it. And that's another way of you saying, God, I don't know what else to do. I don't know where else to turn. I don't know who else to trust, but I'm showing up. I'm showing up. I'm going to be here. I'm going to be in your face. I'm going to cry out to you. I'm going to serve you. I don't care. I will keep staying in the place where I need to be. You might not know what to say to God anymore because you have said it so many times. You have prayed it so many times and still nothing. And God is telling me to tell you today, don't stop doing what you've been doing. Don't stop doing what you've been doing. God sees it. God sees it. He not only can hear, but he can see. He not only can hear, but he can see. God sees everything. God knows everything. God understands everything. He's not just listening, but he's looking. And so God is looking. Uh, God is looking at your situation. Uh, God is looking uh, and seeing uh, how badly do you want it. Uh, how faithful will you be? Uh, how faithful will you be? Oh, God, help us today. You may not have a man. You may not have a man to do what you've been hoping to get done. You may not have an individual to help you get over the hump. You may not have somebody to let you borrow some money or to give you what you need. But God just sent me by here to tell you today, just keep showing up in the house of the Lord. Just keep coming before him with prayer. Just keep coming before him with thanksgiving. Just keep coming into the house of the Lord. Just keep seeking his will. Just keep serving him. He sees. 
He sees. He sees. His eyes are upon you. You might not think he's hearing you, but he's seeing you. You might not think he's listening to you, and he is seeing you. God is seeing you, church. His eyes are upon you. His eyes are upon you, and you might not think that God care about your situation. But if you're faithful over whatever it is that you're faithful over, God will come and help you. I'm telling you, you might not have an individual, but God said you have him. You have him. You have him. Don't you start having pity parties. Don't you start having pity party. Don't you start getting bitter. Don't you stop start getting upset and frustrated because your situation has not worked out. I want you to remain calm. I want you to be patient with the Lord because what you need, God has to do it, not man. So while you think somebody should have showed up by now to help you out, while you think somebody should step forward by now to come alongside you and work with you, while you think that's what's supposed to happen, and maybe it was supposed to happen, if it didn't happen, you still can depend on Jesus. Jesus has the last word in your situation, not man. And so while I may have no man, Jesus has the last word in my situation. Stand with me. In closing, when Jesus, go back to verse 6 in John chapter 5. When Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, he said unto him, Will thou be made whole? You know what's interesting about that? Go back to what I said earlier. God asked the man, will thou be made whole? Instead of the man says, yes, I will be made whole. The man said, I have no man. Because when you continue to just go through the motion of your situation, you become carnal sometimes. You don't even realize it. Your flesh is all that's working because you've been going to God for so long Time and time and just, you, you, it has become just natural to you. It's not spiritual anymore. It's, 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 just, it's, it's your flesh. It's your emotions that's now in play. And so when Jesus came to this man and says, will you be whole? The man was so consumed by his situation that he answered him in a real carnal way. He didn't answer him spiritually. His carnal way of saying, I don't have a man. I don't have a man. Did he know who he was talking to? Did he know who he was talking to when he telling the Messiah, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords? Did he know who he was talking to? Because once you come to know who Jesus is, when he asks you, will you be whole? What am I care about any man for? The creator just asked me, would I be made whole? All I need to say is, yes, daddy. Yes, creator. I want to be made whole. But that's not what he said. He said, I don't have a man. But here is what's great about God. God responded to that man's faithfulness, not to what that man says. This is why sometimes, Noel, you can be praying and you pray some stupid thing because you just don't know. You're either tired, worn out. You don't understand anymore. You're hurting so bad that you just say some crazy prayer and you don't even know what you're saying. It doesn't even make sense. And remember what I said, but God will still do something for you because God realized you have been seeking and pursuing whatever you're seeking and pursuing for so long. You have become worn out because he said in his word, they that wait upon the Lord 
So the Lord knows that while you're waiting, you are going to exhaust some energy. While you're waiting, you're going to exhaust some of your spiritual ability because you're waiting. And so when that answer finally comes, sometimes you're so worn out, you don't even know what to say, what to do when Jesus show up. And because you don't know what to do or to say when Jesus show up, he overlooked your weariness. He overlooked your tiredness. He overlooked your carnality and says, I know just what you need because you've shown me all these years what you were seeking after. You believed in me. You believed that I was the one that was sending my angel to trouble that water so that water will now begin to move and then whoever first stepped in would be healed. You believed in me, impotent man. And so I moved in. Church, let me tell you, the impotent man's response was, sir, I have no man. Let me tell you, everyone is for himself. That's the rule in this world. It's a picture of this life that we know. Every man is for himself. The survival of the fittest seems to be the law of nature in this world. But there is a law of grace. There's a law of grace. There's a law of love. Oh, God. That in spite of what is going on, In spite of how this world wants to be, there's a God, there's a creator, there's the one that gives life, that, oh, he sustains us. In spite of all that's going on, he says, let me tell you, my child, you don't have to worry about survival of the fittest. You don't have to worry about every man for himself because the laws of God. It's my grace. It's my love. It's not the same laws of this world where every man for himself, survival of the fittest. The laws of my kingdom is the grace of God. The laws of my kingdom is the love of God. So you don't have to worry about how you get mistreated in this world. You don't have to worry about how people talk to you and how they dis, just just overlook you and how they, they, they don't come to your aid and they only help you when it's convenient. You can overlook that because God says, that's not the laws that we live by. You get into my kingdom and you will see we live by a different law. We live by a different set of laws, not the laws of that world that you got to be going out there trying to stay Step on others to get what you want. That's not what I do. That's not what I do. Somebody need to hear me today. If you have not entered into the kingdom of God, you need to enter in today. Because this world that we live in, uh, this world, it's evil. It's terrible. It mistreats you. It do you wrong all the time. But when you go into the kingdom of God, whether or not anybody treats you good, which I know they will, but whether or not they treat you good, guess what? The Lord says, I see you though. I see you. I see you. I'm the king of my kingdom, and I see everything that's happening. I look up on everything that's happening in my kingdom. I see you. And so while you can be overlooked, and while you can be mistreated, and while you don't have a man to help you in the most desirable things that you have, guess what? I see you. That's who you want to see you. 
That's who you want to see you. You want Jesus to see you. I know God says we need to be, uh, love our brothers and all of that stuff. We know all of that stuff. But the point is, there are going to be times in your life that you have people in your life that they truly love you. But somehow it feels like nobody's there for you. Somehow it feels like nobody's aiding you. Somehow it feels like when the, the most difficult and challenging situations in your life, there is nobody there for you. That doesn't mean nobody loves you. It just means you have no man. But sometimes Jesus allow you to have no man so you can look to him. Because some of us think that everything that goes our way is some human that will get involved and help us out. You know, we think that money just takes care of everything. We think that, guess what? Somebody with talents and ability, somebody with influence. All we got to do is have friends in high places and we'll be all right. And we live our life not even realizing that's kind of how we do life. Always thinking that our answer are locked up in people. Church, your answer is in Jesus. Jesus is your answer. That's where your answer is. It's in Jesus. And even when somebody come to your aid, it came from Jesus. So I've been sent here today to tell you, while you may feel like you have no person that is right there for you, because I'm telling you, I know it like I know the Lord. That there's so many of you that are crying out within your soul that even though you have people in your life, even though there are people that love you and people you're in family with and relationship with, you still feel like you're all by yourself and you feel like there's nobody. The things that I'm struggling with, nobody's here to be of help to me. The things that I need to get done, I can't get them done on my own. And nobody wants to come and help me. Not to mention, I don't want to share my business with people that will betray me. So I just stay quiet. And so you feel like you're by yourself. You have no man. And Jesus sent me by here to tell you, he's looking at you. He sees you. He sees you. Oh, will you lift your hand and cry out to the Lord right now? Will you lift your hands and cry out to the Lord, knowing that he sees you? Just lift your hands and say, Jesus, oh, God, forgive me for putting all my focus and all of my attention upon a man upon people oh god i've come today to say forgive me for i know my answer is in you lord god i know lord jesus that you are the one lord god that is for me and that you see me your eyes are upon me now god here i am today i pray that somebody will receive their miracle right now that somebody will receive their miracle right now that somebody will be made whole right now because lord they have trusted in you and not given up lord god but they have been faithful They've been persistent, Lord. They've been consistent, Lord God. Have your way, Lord Jesus. Have your way, Almighty God. Give somebody an encounter with you today that we will not walk out of this place the same way. That we will not walk out of this place, oh God, the same way we came in. But there will be a change. There will be a change that you will make us whole. That you will make us whole, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody trust in the Lord today. Somebody know Jesus is for you.
trying to figure it out on my own, Jesus. I will just wait on you. Just lift our hands all over the sanctuary. Let's just worship the Lord another time. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus, we wait on you this afternoon, Lord. Oh, God, as we magnify your name, as we glorify your name, we ask you to have your way among us today, Lord. Hallelujah. Before we close off this afternoon, would like to extend an invitation to anyone that have not yet known the man Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. We invite you to come on forward this afternoon. If you're ready to surrender your life to the Lord this afternoon. Tomorrow is not promised to us. We're living in the last and closing days. And if there is someone here either watching us via online or someone is in the house of God this afternoon, and you have not yet have a personal relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We invite you to come along, come forward this afternoon. We'll pray with you. We'll pray for you. And trust the Lord. Is there someone this afternoon? Oh, hallelujah. Is there one that's ready to give their life to the Lord this afternoon? Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus, we love you, Lord. We thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's just give the Lord another round of applause this afternoon. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's worthy to be praised. It's worthy to be praised. Amen, amen, amen. If there's someone here you want to talk to us, feel free to come forward and talk to us. Right after we dismiss. Father God, we thank you, Lord God, for the man of God that poured out his heart today, Lord God. Father God, we pray and ask you, Lord God, that you will help us, Lord God, to have our personal relationship with you, Lord God. We ask you, Lord God, that you will dismiss us from this place, but never from your presence, Lord. Father God, as we travel on the highways and on the byways, oh God, we ask you to protect us from all arms and all danger, Lord God. Bring us home safely, Lord God. Bring us here back, Lord God, where we can continue to fellowship and worship you, Lord God, when the houses and the doors are open up, Lord God. We pray and ask you to bless us and keep us, O oh God. We give you the glory and all the honor today as we dismiss in Jesus' name. Lord, bless you. Thank you for being here today. We love you. God bless you. Drive safely as you travel home in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.